This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. It's your host, Kyle Trainor, and just want to say a big thank you uh, to you guys uh, for all the feedback we've been getting, um, and especially all the support we're getting shown. Um, it's been quite crazy to hear um, the message of what the podcast is all about actually getting to people um, and, and them understanding it. Um, you know, Pivotal Conversations is the name of the podcast because it serves as a higher level or a depth of thought. Um, and, I, you know, personally, and, and what, I mean, Elite Vitality represents is that depth in thought is your ability to think laterally um, and with depth and um, have a, a just a, a deeper level of thinking because I think, you know, it is that critical thinking, that deeper level of thinking that inevitably will allow you to have success you know the acquisition of knowledge um, especially as a personal trainer is super important but you can also acquire knowledge and uh, do nothing with it and and not think on a deeper level where you can really start making a a, a meta impact and um, you know both grow personally and um, you know within your business as well um, so Again, I, I, I want to stress this. That the reason it's called Pivotal Conversations is because this podcast isn't just about your every, it isn't just your everyday fitness podcast or your podcast where we're teaching you the knowledge and giving you the, the knowledge. I mean, we're going to do a bit of that, but you know, what this podcast is really about is showing you how the best in the industry think and the level they go to and the way they think about things and um, the lessons you can learn from the mistakes they've made and also how they carry themselves and and that's what I really wanted to bring to you within this podcast so um, it, you know it's definitely great to hear that that's getting through to, to all of you and um, as I said you know the only reason that this podcast is even happening is because of the guy you you, you people that are listening to it that um, are showing us the support and um, are consolidating really what we're trying to do with the podcast so just want to say a massive thank you to you guys um, I want to say a massive thank you to all the experts that have been on so far um, but also what I want is I want you guys to start helping us because um, we really want to make this podcast something that makes a difference not just something that sits there and, and is the same as everything else we want this podcast to really make a difference and you know where it's going to make a difference is with those that are listening to it um, on a regular basis so you know tell us and reach out with what you want to hear who you want to get on and so who you want us to get on and, and really some topics that you want us to talk about and we're open to talking about all topics even if it is just some some uh, you know some some results based stuff some science based stuff or some business based stuff or some mindset based stuff really reach out if you have any questions for the podcast we're actually going to be launching a um a second episode per week which is going to include um it's going to be more of a Q&A based thing it's going to be um, we're actually introducing a, a second host um to that second session um where they're going to be in you know, joining in in conversation and uh, asking questions and 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 doing um and and kind of bringing their side of the story to the podcast um but reach out um, and let us know and you know as always um the best way you can support the podcast is by you know sharing it with your friends if there's an episode that you love if there's you know one that you really resonated with you um you know as i said please give it a share please share it with your friends please give us a tag on social media and um you know it's all very much appreciated uh moving on to today's episode uh Man, um, you know, it, it was really great to chat to uh, uh, this this guest, and um, especially him being one of the premier coaches um, in the industry, both um, with competitors. He doesn't do a whole heap of that, um, but just in his ability to um, help people on a deeper level with his in depth knowledge um, in in biochem and. It was actually amazing to speak to him, not just because of the the level of um, person and the level of knowledge that he has but also just you know some of the similar concepts that we have in regards to the way we coach people and and even the way we think about the industry it was it was really great to connect and and that is Ben Kant um you know uh, I met Benny uh, would have been three or four years ago and 
um, we've only really started kind of getting to know each other in maybe I would say the last three months. Um, but he's just an absolute wizard um, and anybody that knows him would understand this. He's, the level of knowledge is, is simply quite amazing. Um, but, you know, again, what we talk about in this podcast is not only, um, you know, the knowledge that he has and he's, you know, he does drop a few little knowledge bombs, but it's also the way he coaches and his philosophies and, and you know, he's, he's got an abundance of um, experience when it comes to not only coaching people, um, but the business you know he's kind of he's he's been in a few different um businesses now within the fitness industry and um you know definitely when we sit down we have some really really great conversations um so we kind of dive deep into his philosophies as a coach and then we we all we we venture into um a a lot of different topics um ranging from you know pts in the industry coaches in the industry and and you know ways that they can um improve their service and and improve their business and um you know some of our thoughts and and kind of um i guess uh, perceptions on on uh the industry as a whole and then we also kind of go into some uh some nutritional based stuff and and you know different tribes and how people kind of follow different um well they kind of join different tribes and have certain beliefs around that so it's a really really great conversation um and as i said i I really want you to kind of pay attention to the level of knowledge but also the just the way benny carries himself it's it's a true testament to uh the great coach he is but also the great person he is And, and as i said it was really wonderful to sit down with him and um you know whenever we sit down we have some great conversations so uh, I really do hope you enjoy this episode and get a lot out of it, get a lot out of the the skill that uh, this man has, but also um, the knowledge he has and, and, you know, how he carries himself as a person because uh, he really is um, someone that you can, you know, you, you can look up to in the industry, both from the level of, uh, of how good of a coach he is, but also how he carries himself as a person and his journey through business and, and even the way he sets things up now. So hope you enjoy the podcast. As always, give it a share if you enjoy it. And uh, if you have any questions for Benny or, or myself or if you want to give any feedback on the episode, just reach out and, and shoot us a message. So I was recording a podcast. Um, it was the most horrible experience of my life um so one of he's actually i'm lucky he's one of my good friends um his name's luke matthews he's a 800 and 1500 meter runner in the olympics like he went to the olympics and stuff so i was like cool it'd be good to kind of get him on and just discuss like the athlete's mindset that kind of stuff and so he come to my house and we're sitting in on on the couch and um this stage i was very early doors like i you know i'm up to my this will be episode seven now so i think this was was going to be episode one and yeah um I had barely used this 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 equipment, and um, I think with the new equipment, actually, that he was the first guy. And what ended up happening was, um, cause my computer had so much shit on it, <laughs> had so much stuff on it, it kept stopping at like twenty minutes or like fifteen <laughs> minutes. And like you know, I'm not looking at it, right? Yeah. Like so I'm like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're twenty yeah. minutes in, and it would stop. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, oh, do you mind if we like just start again? Um, happened again man and i was like dude i'm so sorry like that awkward <laughs> moment where it's like and I'm, as i said i'm lucky he's a good friend but yeah. we we're sitting there and and you know i'm gonna get him back on he's he's actually training at the moment he's, he's over in europe but um oh dude it was horrible so like ever since then now i'm just making sure that i'm keeping my right eye on here yeah, um, yeah. really really funny yeah man. um so hopefully that doesn't that it won't happen today um but welcome to the pivotal conversations podcast thanks mate um, I think one of the intriguing things about yourself is almost what I think is uh, backwards to how most people enter the industry now, whereas they, they come into the industry as a PT and then they start seeking out, uh, you know, the education and the knowledge and, you know, yourself was almost the opposite in a way, like you were in the industry um, and obviously studying at university, uh, biochem, and then you've kind of really made your way in the industry while already having the knowledge. And I mean, not even, obviously we're always learning, but also kind of almost having that love for learning. Um, and I think that's one of the toughest things. I know when I was a PT, um, I think only once I had context where I wanted to grow my business, did I, or, or I guess progress my career, did I actually really start to indulge in learning and even i would say the first six to 12 months was hard because even at school man like i wasn't a good student i didn't um 
I was quite a bad student. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't do much. I always got good grades, but I just like learning was not my thing. I just mm-hmm. kind of, I was too invested in sport and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, I think that's the interesting thing. And and then I mean, it's it's obviously held you in good stead as you as you've gone, um, and then obviously flowing through the industry now you've kind of gone through a lot of different phases. Do you want to talk about, I guess, the evolution of you as a coach initially? Um, and almost, you're, you know, I don't, I'm not sure on the details of whether you were a coach during university or it kind of eventuated afterwards. But do you want to talk about, I guess, the evolution of you as a coach and your journey in the industry so far? Yeah, sure, man. Um, I really didn't start coaching until probably seven or eight years ago. So, um, uh, and I finished uni... Oh, probably 16 years ago. So there's a long gap there between finishing my degree and doing any form of coaching whatsoever. But yeah, look, out of university, I, I worked in um, a dental laboratory and then kind of moved into uh, sort of taking on a part-time job in a supplement store. And it was literally because I just wanted something for a couple of months over summer uh, without going into another position just to enjoy myself. And I just look at this point in time, I wasn't in a gym. I didn't train. Um but it just like really intrigued me and I was just getting into the nutrition side of things, which you don't touch on in a biochemistry degree. Everyone thinks you do and I'm like, no, you, yeah. don't. you don't at all. Um, but it, it really intrigued me and, and then, you know, I started working there and, you know, got into my training, met a lot of like bodybuilders and things like that back in the day when everyone wasn't a bodybuilder back then. Um, and yeah. So many just, people have said that, hey, like uh, I think I heard... Um do you know uh, Rawdon Dubois? Yeah. So he was talking about that on his of when we had him on as well. How kind of you know ten to fifteen years ago, um, <laughs> your bodybuilding like everybody's competing now, and, and yeah. back then it was kind of like you know there would probably be only two or three guys in the gym that at your gym that you were training at that were competing. Oh That's mate, funny. like back in the day, I remember. And you know, I still trained at like a big box gym back then. Yeah. Um, uh, Fitness first down here in Bayside and. Uh, you know, I remember seeing the likes of Ange Galati and Jimmy Contonis, who I'm good friends with now. And, you know, they were the only bodybuilders in the gym and you'd, you'd gawk at them. You know, you'd just look at them, oh my God, there's a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and really, it's not that long ago. It was all subculture back then. And, yeah. you know, um, it, you know, it's it's something that we sort of inspired, like we were inspired by, but at the same time, it was freaky, you know. And then, you know, you fast forward 10 years and uh, I think, look, as far as I can see, um, you know, the in the advent of the social media and just mm. all of a sudden, you know, connecting with people and things is so much easier. Um, you know, that you just saw the rise of the fitness competitor, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the fitness coach as well, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, look, yeah, back to uh, the, the coaching aspect. It wasn't until I'd uh, worked in the supplement stores for quite a while. Mm. Um, and then inevitably, I suppose um, customers actually would just ask for that extra bit of, you know, service you know, beyond the retail setting. And then um, it was like, okay, cool. Like just sort of started working with uh, them in you know, various regards. And then after I got out of the supplement game, it was kind of a no brainer. You know, there was a lot of, um, I just, it was a business waiting to happen basically just from the, you know, the requests from, from people. And then sort of building my own profile, I did a little bit of competing and that really sort of thrust my profile into, um, you know, the, in the, the coaching thing, yeah. space. Yeah, which I, I'm very grateful for that. Because um, it happened very quickly, and it was, you know, you know when you first compete, you just, you know, your feet don't really touch the ground afterwards for a little while. So it was a cool uh, point in time, um, and then just sort of went from there. Yeah, cool. So, and then, so how long have you? Would you say you've been a, like a, a coach now for? It would probably be about the seven to eight years mark. Cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, over that time, right? So obviously coming um, out of the supplements, uh, owning the supplement store, and becoming a coach. What would you say has changed the most about the, I mean, your, I guess, philosophies as a coach or your methods and, and how you do things now to say maybe how you did things, um, I guess, when you first became a coach? Because I think, you know, the way I'm looking at it now is um, coming out of biochem, supplements, mm-hmm. owning supplement stores, um, you know, you would have had a, a, a certain way that you did things and a certain belief system around um, you know how you're helping people, and I know that we chatted. You know when we caught up the other the other week, it was kind of we 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 kind of talked a lot about the psychology side of things and how you know you've kind of um, implemented uh, a lot of strategies around that with the initial phase of, of how you deal with clients now, and just giving yourself an understanding of how you can manage different clients or different people that come to you. So yeah, we, yeah. what has changed over that over the time, just so we can give people a bit of an insight? Because I think it's cool. Like yeah. I think the, the the difference in 
even just chatting to yourself in because like, I put a heavy, a heavy, heavy. Uh, uh, the the way I like to deal with people is kind of getting to know them as people initially, and kind of looking at their life and you know where they're struggling the most, and and you know just working with them on the psychological side, mm, mm. especially in the initial maybe six to seven weeks, and and kind of trying to implement some strategies around that. So yeah. Oh look, I you know if I went all the way back to just coming out of supplement stores, I'm the first to admit that. I was a hammer and you were the nail, you know, and, yeah. and, and uh, you're going to get supplements. Okay. You come into a supplement store. Uh, that's basically just, you know, where, mine's, where my mindset was at from, you know, the businesses I was in at the time. And you know, I think uh, the benefit of being that deep within the supplement industry is you spend a lot of time just like learning about supplements, mm. implementing them and sort of seeing the benefits and things like that. But then it wasn't until... Um, you know, I started doing more in the actual coaching space that, you know, I, I just, I ended up getting a lot of referrals from other coaches with clients that were struggling with. Um, a lot of them were having gut issues. And so I spent kind of probably the best part of two years just doing a lot of testing, you know, with, you know, with gut issues and, um, you know, it's just sort of seeing how clients were going with that, doing various forms of testing. And it was really cool. Like I, I loved it. And inevitably, um, you know, shared a lot of my experiences on the socials and things like that. So guess what kind of clients I got? Mm. Clients that wanted issues, uh, yeah. help with their gut. Uh, and, and that was good. But then, you know, over that time period, I sort of started to see that those that really weren't getting any kind of results were, you know, the ones with poor sleep or stress or, you know, the, you know dealing with, you know, the psychology behind what mm. was going on. Uh, and so then I did more you know, in that space in regards to sleep optimization and stress optimization, um, which was, I mean, I, I find it like a cool um, topic to talk about, but sometimes trying to make that sexy and like um, get skin in the game from people across the social media platform probably isn't as easy because, mm. you know, it's that sleep when I'm dead mentality or eh, pass on that, show me the nutrition plan or the, the training program, the sexy stuff. Uh, so look, I spent a fair bit of time on that and, um I do feel like it was like really worthwhile. Like I, I dealt with a lot of people with uh, clients with sleep issues now because that's what I was putting out there. Um, and that was very, um, uh, you know, uh, it was a really enjoyable experience to kind of get that done. And then I, I suppose, uh, you know, I started coaching more fitness competitors and, you know, those high-end kind of um, trainers are really trying to get to low body fat and or put on like large amounts of muscle. And the, one of the things that I kept seeing was nutrition plans that were, uh, they were okay in design, but not really fulfilling the demands of like high-end training people, you know, entering in potentially quite large caloric deficits and mm. just kind of seeing some of the shortcomings in that. Um, so I started posting more and more about micronutrition and, you know, specific ways and, you know, that you can set up a meal plan to try and optimize that. If you do have to use supplements, like how you would go about it, um, and, and all those kind of things. And that kind of brings me up to speed in terms of like what I feel have been like some of the major themes of what I've been trying to sort of put out there to the general public in terms of my coaching process on a, like a personal level. Um, I feel like, and we talked about this briefly before is that like there was a point in time where, you know, people were coming to, you know, the biochem Benny. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is like the, um, you know, I can't figure out what's going on with this client. Maybe there's something wrong with their hormones. Maybe there's, you know, a nutrient deficiency and something like that. And I kind of, um, you know, my ego liked that. I hung my, like my belt on, um, I hung it on my belt in terms of like being able to try and look a bit deeper. Mm. But the more I did it really, the more I just discovered the same thing. It's that it really came down to a lot of the psychology behind uh, this particular client and kind of trying to create a relationship with them that would look at, um, you know, the reasons why perhaps they were overeating and not realizing it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So probably nothing too much in terms of the uh, context, um, too different to what they were doing with their previous coach or their previous resources that they were using. They just hadn't found the right strategy or the right uh, understanding or education behind, like, you know, eventuating what they were trying to achieve. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's funny, man, like, because... When the the big part of that that I see and, and I you know like I mean I'm very lucky that I get to deal with um, you know business owners on a regular occurrence clients on a regular occurrence and and everything and and you know that's why I I put a heavy well I like to study mindset but more important uh, like consciousness and mindfulness mm -hmm. and these kind of things because I can see a common theme across 
all of the boards and yeah. and and it's like you know the, the one thing that stops people in their tracks is overwhelm and if you look at what causes overwhelm it's usually tying um the the things that are going wrong to them as a person and the self mm, and, mm. and what you said just there man is like it's the it's the, they're using the wrong strategies and sometimes you have to work with someone and what you said before as well is you know um building trust with them, building a relationship with them. And I think sometimes we can get lost in that in the industry. Like a lot of the time coaches can be just like, it's the training plan, it's the nutrition plan, it's the supplements. And it's, those are the big three and and that's all I'm doing for you. And I think, you know, there's like, I'm not going to be judgmental and say that it's wrong, but I think if we're talking about actually getting, you know, uh, great results with your clients, Mm. I think, you know, and and that's something that I've done, not, not the results side of it, but I do that too, but more the focusing on the building the relationship so I build enough trust yeah. and can start to change their behaviors and the way they think and even looking at a you know a mindfulness and consci- consciousness things these things are there they allow them to change the the strategy right and realize that it's not them it's just the strategy they're using so I felt like um, you know uncertainty is like one of the biggest killers I've seen with um, clients' results. Mm. Okay, so they come to you, they're trying to cut through a swathe of misinformation. Mm. You know, we're in the age of like easy access to, uh, you know, to mentors, to, you know, online resources. It's so easy, but it, as you say, it can be very overwhelming for a client. So, um, you know, for me, like trying to bring some form of certainty, you know, from that uncertainty has always been one of my primary drives. And, you know, certainty breeds confidence, confidence breeds compliance. Okay, and ultimately, like you can, if you comply to a given strategy, man, there's a lot of strategies or methods that work. Mm. Okay, we we both know that, and we tend to see people, um, you know, fall into backing a particular strategy because that's the one that's worked for them, and sort of like at the behest of anything else working, and we get these like nutrition tribes and things like that. So um, for me, it's just bringing it back to that you know, educational standpoint, which is probably my bias. I mean, I always aim to teach as part of the coaching process or the mentoring process. Um, But I feel like, you know, one of the outcomes of that teaching is to create some form of certainty. Do do you think that the education uh, allows for more buy-in? Do you think that's what it leads to? Yeah, 100%. You know, so look, don't get me wrong. I feel like I've had some clients who've got the most amazing results and they literally don't want to learn a thing. Mm. They're just like literally the type of guy that comes to me and goes, hey, Benny, tell me what to eat. Tell me what to train. And they do not ask you a single question for the rest of it. And they just get results like clockwork. Mm. And you just laugh and you're like, because this is like way off the end of the bell curve, like not the norm for most clients in my experience. Um, but you're blessed to get a client like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, most of whom we deal with, they've got, uh, you know, the, they've failed to stick uh, to the method, to the strategy or the intervention, whatever it is, for a given period of time to see it results because we live in, you know, an instant gratification kind of world. Um, and so a lot of that is going to come back down to, well, do they see value in said strategy? Okay, if they don't, create education, create certainty, skin in the game. Do you know what I mean? And then let it sort of roll from there. Yeah, I think it kind of almost emphasizes the importance of building the relationship, like, uh, you know, in the initial phases, because mm. it's like you you want to learn as much as you can about your client and then adapt the way you do things to f- yeah. fit the client. And I think, you know, there's a, there can be a lot of, as, as a coach, you can kind of not want to move away from the way you do things to adapt to the client. And I mean... I guess I guess where I'm trying to go with that is is how important is it to be able to adapt what you do from a psychological standpoint or the way you deal with a client in the initial phases to one find out the information that you need to about you know whether they uh, value learning whether they want to learn um, whether they're going to follow the plan whether they because mm, adherence mm. is king right like it's it, it has to be mm. um, and then it's like but I think the 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 problem is is as a coach. Uh, the lack of adaptability can lead to a lack of adherence from say a particular um, personality type and these kind of things so yeah. you know uh, how important do you think the ability to adapt in that initial phase to create the relationship to create the trust to create the buy-in um, that then leads to you and to have an understanding of how to maybe some just minor tweaks in the way you actually yeah. coach them and what you put in front of them and, and and is there certain strategies that you've gone about to um do that with the 
the different particular types. So we've got the person mm, who adheres mm. to everything. We've got the person who comes with some, um, you know, uh, makes emotional compromise in yeah. certain situations. You know, is there certain ways that you've done that? And Yeah, and I think it really depends on um, a lot of factors with the said coach, okay? And I think you can make an argument for both sides of that question. Because mm, for me, if I'm just to simplify it down, it's almost like, um, you know, you can be a generalist or a specialist or anywhere along that spectrum. So I can tell you right now, because you're reminding me of an inquiry that I literally just got mm. <laughs> before we jumped on the line here. And this, um, this, if she was to become a client, would be a huge investment of my resources, okay? Because there's a lot of health issues going on. And I'm kind of, um, I wouldn't say maxed out, but I have a lot of similar clients at the moment. Like, let's just throw some rough numbers out there and say, you know, that 20% of my coaching group uh, may require that level of attention to detail mm -hmm. um, from the health perspective. So I'm not going to take her on. It, literally because I could handle someone who was cruisy, like right now, like one extra person like that, but not someone who's going to require that level of detail. Um, and that's that's also for the benefit of her as well, right? Like it's absolutely yeah. yeah. But 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 throughout my life cycle as a coach, and you know, becoming you know successful in business, this is what I'm getting back to here is that you can make an argument either way. Mm. I've bitten off way more than I can chew with taking on you know clients that require that level of detail, you know, within a coaching group, um, and trying to service them all and just drive myself into the ground. Mm. Okay, so um, I think it comes back to your question about like how important is it to create that. Um, uh, you know, that rapport and that relationship, it is absolutely important. But if I wanted to go to someone who was the best in the world for a given, you know, subject matter or, you know, topic that I was trying to address and I had to do it their way or the highway, I don't necessarily think that that's a, um, a, a poor business model mm -hmm. or a poor service, okay? M maybe you need that and maybe you don't. It really comes down to what the client needs then. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Because I, I see a lot of younger coaches trying to be super adaptable, okay, for the sake of like you know, creating, um, uh, you know, an income, okay? Like when we're first starting out, we go, yeah, I'll take a PT session on my one day off at 9 p.m. And yeah, I'll throw in, you know, and then so they're trying to really come around to the client's needs, but, you know, it's driving their weekly schedule like into the, you know, into the footpath and just going to like, um, you know, destroy them in the end. So I think along your life cycle as a coach, you'll have to decide at some stage or another how adaptable, are you to given clients comes back to something that i always say about have a really good network you know part of becoming you know as we talked about just before we jumped on again um you know is having that network around you don't feel like you have to take everything on board you know if you build out other professionals with you that can practice something that's maybe in their scope but not within yours mm. uh, whether you still work with that client or not you know it's something that you have the opportunity to um uh you know to make that choice if you have um people around you like the teamwork yeah for sure uh there's a lot of benefits that come with having that network as well and mm. i think I, I was almost like uh, where are the where do you think the barriers are like in terms of uh there's a few different barriers that you can have but mm -hmm. knowing um how important first there's a few questions here there's kind of mm -hmm. like the first one is is and something that i thought you brought up that was really really great um that I actually had a conversation with um, a trainer yesterday and the value of money over time mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, adjusting a schedule to fit the client's needs, even if it's your day off or it's in your study time or it's in, you know, your uh, strategy time or, you know, things where, you, where you're more working on the business and on your craft. Yeah. Whereas... I feel like that's a massive, massive, when you make that leap where you start to go, no, like value my time over the money, right? Yeah. And, you know, how important do you think that is as a coach and, and, you know, how important do you think that's been in your progression as a coach and give, like the lessons that you've learned along that line? Absolutely important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Foundational for, uh, you know, achieving what I think is um, a level of success that most people would like to have in this business. Mm. Um, it's something that I'm sure you and I both have conversations with, um, you know, other coaches when we're having those little mentoring sessions with them and we're like, show me your <coughs> weekly schedule and going, holy shit, okay, mm -hmm. like, let's talk about, you know, perhaps a, um, a business model that kind of you know, might work here to create more time for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you know some of the exercises I 
do with myself or with clients is just to look at, you know, we were just talking about, hey, when do you do your check-ins? Like, wh- how do you yeah, chunk yeah, yeah. them down? And um, how do you create more, uh, you know, energy or vitality to have across the week rather than doing dribs and drabs everywhere? So you can stay in a state of flow and get a given set of tasks done that are similar um, if that, you know, is, uh, if it works best. Um you know, as well, like just looking at, uh, you know, the dollar value tasks that you're doing, you know, across the week. Okay. So if your, you know, price point for personal training sessions is X, you know, programming is Y, um, you know, a consultative service that you have, you know, is Z, like, mm-hmm. uh, like how does that overall like tiers of service work and, you know, the other things that you can do to create um, either more time, okay, or, um, you know, more dollars earned within, you know, that time frame or more productivity, I suppose. So I think it's a really important exercise. I still come back to my business at least every six months, more likely every three months, look at that and see that I'm on the right track to hitting my goals or if I can optimize something that I've learned over that last period. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, I almost think that that's one of the most important things is like, you know, there seems to be a a massive, and, and we could even draw this back to the, you know, you were talking about before, like the the hustle culture, the no sleep culture, mm. and, and there seems to be a big thing on output. Um, yeah. And I know that one of my biggest growths as a PT was, you know, initially I kind of worked up to around 60 to 70 sessions a week, man. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and and it was like, okay, well, you know, now I'm, I'm lacking time to continue my study. My study time is, uh, well, I'm brain dead. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's the only time I might get would be, if I'm lucky, maybe 12 o'clock after six seven hours of work and mm-hmm. then or at nine o'clock after another six seven hours of work and yep. um you know the other side of it as well is like you know just these like little anchors that you have in your life and these little routines that you know that like you know for me it's meditation it's mm-hmm. study like if i don't have those two things in my day yeah well oh, i just get a bit like i don't feel like i'm making progress and i get a little yep. bit uneasy and these kind of things but the lack of value that those things have because of that hustle culture and that, yeah. that kind of output culture. And, um, you know, I think obviously because when you're starting out as a PT or, you know, you're, you're in the trenches, like, you know, the only way that you can make money is by Mm-mm. doing the session. And, you know, I think the other thing, one of the things that I, I um, another big progression that I made was not selling the session, yeah. like including it, but, you know, because it's like for me, the, the psychology behind it is where I put my emphasis, the client will put theirs. Yeah. Um, and it almost from a result standpoint as well is like, you know, if your client values the session and the session has a lot of value in it, but if mm. that's the only thing that they're valuing, then the system that you're providing behind and the coaching that you're providing behind and uh, it, will, it will always fall short of the session. Yeah. And then I think like the biggest, one of the biggest progressions that I had was like, okay, well, transitioning that well now i'm going to value this coaching the system and yep. i'm going to allow them to use the session as their ability to learn yeah um in the gym so you know mechanics and and these kind of things and um you know just having that emphasis as well almost made me change my psychology around mm. uh, what i'm valuing and where i'm putting my time because all of a sudden now it's not about output and just pumping out as many sessions as I can. It's about delivering value in the session, yep. and it's also about building my 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 knowledge and my craft on the back end. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, look, our industry is full of polarities, right? And oh, so, yeah. you know, I I remember one conversation I had with a client who his version of success was doing sixty to seventy sessions per week. That's all he wanted to do. Mm. He was probably at about half that, and he wanted to get to that. And of course, my heart starts racing <laughs> when someone <laughs> yeah. says that because I'm like, I couldn't. I've never done that. I could never even imagine. Um, having the fortitude to be able to fit that in in the way that I like to deliver a a session. So, and it brings me to my next point, which is, you know, that polarity that we talk about in the industry is um, you will have um, someone trying to create uh, and a coach trying to create an online business with no clinical, um, you know, in the trenches kind of experience, Mm -hmm. okay, and trying to, They've gone to the business coach. The business coach says this, we build out the systems, but really it's on matchsticks, okay? Because there's, they just don't have that, that time, okay? That, um, you know, that 10,000 hours type thing, okay? And then on the other side of it, we have like some old timers who, you know, I'm some very good, good mates with some people who I cannot believe their price points because they just haven't really modernized any form of their systems. Um, and so these guys are trading time for money um, and not a great deal of money. Okay, mm. um, and they're they're the ones that are likely to 
um, you, you know, throw stones at the online trainers. Okay. And um, for me, the, the truth's always in the middle, like it is with everything. And okay? honestly, so, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the, I think the ultimate, uh, you know, the way that the industry is heading, one facet of that is like the online coach who has some, you know, um, uh, you know, face-to-face time still or can keep relevant with their, you know, education and clinical experience as well, um, but then starts to establish, uh, you know, business models in which they're sustainable over decades, okay? Does that make sense? Mm, so that we're not going to burn out by the time we're 30 or 40 years of age. Yeah, like, honestly, like, so the PT Mastery Program, which is the, you know, what we, we run is built on that mm. exact... Um, model right like uh-huh, it's uh-huh. it's because it uh, i see it all the time man and like i've got guys coming in and um you know they want an online business and and they want this and and it's like you can just see that there's no steel on the walls like it's like you, yeah. you could build it man but i tell you what it'll fall down that's right. and it'll crush you yeah right and it's and it's that like out the mechanism that i've kind of well, we've kind of named it the mechanism you know what you do but it's like the hybrid Yep. the hybrid PT, right? Mm-hmm. It's the ability or the will in a sense to want to understand business and learn business yep. and be yep. able to graft that and, and kind of, you know, just understand it so it holds you in good stead and you always know how to adapt and, and progress, yep. but also building the steel on the walls. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's, there's a few sides to that is the steel on the walls is what allows you to coach, get results, these kind of things. But I think it integrates massively like if you don't understand what it takes to get someone from a to b yeah and you don't understand the physiology Mm. you don't understand the psychology you don't understand all of what you need to yeah then how are you meant to be able to market to them oh absolutely how are you meant to be able to you you got to know their problems you got to know when their roadblocks because and it's it's almost like there's and as you said there is these two sides to the fence Mm. And it's like it's this, we were you know we were talking about it before. It's this kind of tribe mentality yeah. um, happens in nutrition. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on that soon. But yeah. it's like you know, if if we could just integrate it and understand that it's the you know, there's nothing wrong with one being over here. There's nothing wrong mm. with being over here. But guess what? If you can integrate this, you can create a really really stable business that allows you to not just you, know, you got the one side which is. You know, the guys that are purely online that are, hey, I've been to 10 countries in 10 days. Yeah. Like laptop lifestyle, which yeah, is like, yeah. and then you've got the other side, which is like 60 to 70 sessions in the gym or, you know, they're, they're only doing sessions and, and yeah. these kind of things. And it's like, if you can meet in the middle, man, like you can, you know, spend your, your Tuesdays and Thursdays at home yeah. and you can still have really great relationships exactly. with clients. And, 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 that, and that's where the, um, that's where the realistic side of success is. You know what I mean? There's very few that are going to get through and become, you know, the the millionaire coach online, like traveling the world, you know, whatever you see on the social media sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when, <laughs> sorry, <coughs> um, you know, to, to get there and to, you know, have that level of mastery, I don't think it's just about time in the trenches either. Like I've had plenty of conversations with some trainers that have been 10 years in the game and they've come to me and said, I don't understand why I'm always finding, uh, trying to find leads. I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm like, you need to listen to the market then. You know what I mean? Because it's not just time. We live in a fantastic age of, you know, we talk about you know, access to mentors, access mm. to resources, like all these kind of things here. And you can't just go and do, um, you know, your CEC recommended kind of education thing and expect um, to create like a successful business from there. Um, and so, you know, if you aren't, successful and you're bitching about it you know because you've spent time then you need to go and ask some of the clients that are leaving you why they're leaving yeah and you need to go and ask the hard questions which you're going to like hate the answers for initially because uh, you've somehow escaped and gotten through to this point without knowing them mm. but to level up you can be guaranteed you need to find out what they get that what that gap is 100 percent. and i think like it's like why can't you do both right like it's yeah. it's because you can right and and guess what they actually go hand in hand more than what most people mm. think like most people think oh if I do business, I'm just going to turn to a business guy. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. If you know, if I you know, if I start learning too much about the science, I'm going to lose my 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 in, you know my um my, my knowledge or my, yeah. my kind of wits on on the business side. And, and um yeah, you know, they they actually go re- hand in hand. Like and and that's something that I realised was um you know I was I was kind of lucky enough that I I did some mentoring with with Trav Travis mm-hmm. Jones um 
man, I, like honestly, like it was it was great to learn off him. But it was kind of like I did that, and and I reckon for the first three or four months, I was like, I kind of just thought it was gonna like catapult me and, mm. and give me, and and I kind of took it for granted, and um. You know, I, I kind of went all business, and mm-hmm. then it was like halfway through, I was like, "Hey, things aren't working." Yep. Right. And then it was like once I started to to transition and understand, and that it was like I need to integrate both of these things together. Yeah. And I started to integrate it, and then I started to make a lot of progress. Like mm-hmm. I didn't lose sight of both sides of the fence, and it allowed me to kind of just understand the market more and adapt with the market more, yep. and and also understand my clients more without mm. kind of focusing on just these selfish endeavors of growing my business it was yep. kind of like okay well you know i i made the, i had this understanding that in order for my business to grow i need to start serving the market and yeah and having their interest at heart and you know keep growing my knowledge because i was nowhere near i'm still not right like mastery is a there is no destination mm. to it you know mm-hmm. there's it's this ever-evolving um the more you know the more you realize that you don't know absolutely but, yeah. um i think it's really cool that we stumbled upon that yeah. Um. Because you know, you you really can learn a lot from either from both sides if you're integrating both together, which yeah. was you know it's 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 just a cool point that you brought it up and something that we do in the mastery program as well is when people come in. Um, one of the first things we do we've got a really cool membership site mm. which has a, a lot of great content on there. We give them an education pathway based on where they're at. Yeah. Not hey come learn the business come learn this it's like okay well you know you might be someone who's come from the business side already and yeah. you're still not getting results mm. okay let, let's 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 get you up to date with physiology let's get you That's up right. to date with this yeah. right and then you know you might get people like you said that are from the other side of the fence and they're coming in and we're like cool let's teach you you know some some just basic content writing let's teach you some you know basic um lead generation stuff some yeah. retention stuff you know like some strategies around that and yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 cool that you say that because honestly like you know the people that i am interviewing are the people that are doing both really well like and and that's something that i want to show through this is that you know you can do both really well and you know yeah. when you do integrate them something special can happen and you can start to think in a certain way and, and grow in a certain way yeah it's like when um you know i talk to coaches and they need to uh because you, you they, like before we go before you go on, you are the coaches of you are the coach of coaches, right? Like it's you coach a lot of coaches, and and you almost said that you integrated some some help with business stuff to actually get them better results with you with their body. Yeah. Yeah. So is, I've never considered myself a business coach. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Never ever. But again, like okay, I'll draw a, a credit to Travis here as well. Like yeah, yeah, I've just yeah. been around that guy for five years now, and um, you know it rubs off. Oh yeah. And, and before you know it, like I was getting like probably sixty percent of my coaching group at any point in time are uh, coaches themselves. Um, uh, and some of them have very successful businesses and other, you know, all ends of the spectrum, I suppose you could say. But ultimately, a lot of them have a schedule, which is just shit. Okay. And that's that's the problem. And I'm like, listen, you've come to me and we're trying to achieve all these, you know, XYZ body composition goals, health goals, whatever it is. Um, and ultimately, you are at the behest of your clients. Okay. Your, they are dictating your time. They are dictating your energy, your two most precious resources um, are basically not you have no control over them okay and so for me to get the best results with said client I had to you know I just started basically bringing them and said oh like on Friday let's have a 30 minute phone call I want you to walk me through your process from inquiry through to you know onboarding uh, and uh, let's go from there and then the more I did it the more I realized I was getting the phone call back. Oh, oh my God, this has helped me more than anything else we've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, that makes you feel good. That's like, oh my God, okay, cool. Now, like we have time to hit all of our sessions. Now we've got time to eat the nutrition. And so it's like, <laughs> wow, okay. Um, and yeah, like I, as I said, I never saw myself ever having conversations with coaches about that until I realized that I just kind of stumbled into it and was um, giving these guys uh, enough value uh, that, they really appreciated it so yeah cool 100 yeah. percent, awesome um all right we're gonna i'm gonna let you take the lead on this because it was mm. a conversation we had before about the the tribe side of the nutrition yeah right and and you know um almost how it can limit your growth with your or the application of of uh and the collection of knowledge that you can grasp and how it can almost limit you as a as a coach um I'll let you take the lead on it because okay. I reckon you, you, you explain it a little bit better than me <laughs> and I'll join in after that. Not at all. Uh, no, look, I, let me just preface this by saying um, 
uh, we're about to talk about tribes, but in a, like a nutritional tribe setting. Yeah. Okay. Because if I, uh, you know, I always talk about books, you know, you and I, we both love our books. Mm. Uh, and I'll sort of say, you know, probably the, over the last 12 months, some of the books I have referred my uh, my clients to read more than others are. These are probably um, the same books that Ryan uh, pops up on his yeah, stories. Probably, yeah, he loves coming <laughs> into the office. Um, uh, Lost Connections yep. and um, uh, The Way of Men by Jack Donovan. Now, so mm-hmm. th- these are two books which look at connection. They look at tribes and, you know, things like that. And I think it's a, a very important part of um, of life, mm. okay? And, you know, the whole process of, of coaching a client. In saying that, mm. what you and I both know and anyone who's in the health slash fitness industry goes is that uh, particularly when it comes to nutrition um, we have individuals um, you know stepping into a like a paradigm mm. you know of a given tribe within that nutrition hey this is how we eat for these reasons and sometimes those reasons are um, you, you know a lot of the time we're talking about health reasons okay mm. so I'm a Sorry, I'm doing quotation marks. A carnivore, yeah. uh, because I have a, you know an inflammatory bowel disorder, and mm. plant food uh, is the the culprit behind this. Um, and then I get relief of my symptoms, and so the, thus this is the way that everyone should be doing it. So, so just to give an example, nothing particularly against carnivore. Yeah. Um, you know, the same thing with, uh, you know, like whether it's ketogenic diets, whether it's paleolithic diets, whether it's uh, flexible diets, IIFYM kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we like to attach ourselves to these tribes mm. for the diet. Um, and, you know, it's it's been one of my things to just talk about, whether it's in the public forum, whether it's... Um, giving workshops to just the general public or to coaches, because let's face it, coaches are probably asked uh, this question more than anyone else is, mm. hey, what do you think of the X diet? Mm. Um, and, and that is to just sort of, um, you know, bring it back to you know, the context of the individual and that, like we talked about before, many methodologies work, but what are you really trying to achieve and how are you going to go about um, assessing whether said, you know, intervention or method is heading you towards, you know, optimal health or body Mm. composition or whatever it is and that just because you have some modicum of success using said intervention doesn't mean it's the only way or a panacea Mm. no it doesn't um but we tend to lose sight of that not we as coaches i would say like more the our clients and the public Mm. um tend to lose sight of that and i feel uh, like a lot of it really does have to do with the psychology behind um said client wanting a tribe Mm. wanting connection do you know what I mean? So if, if, if we don't have those connections in the other facets of our life, I see how it's such an easy, easy transition into waving the flag for like the paleo diet. Do you know what I mean? I get into a, a you know, a social media public group where everyone's getting success on this diet. We all want to, you know, share our stories and our successes mm-hmm. and everyone's, you know, you're getting that... Um, uh, you know, congratulations from, you know, that success. So then it's easy to sort of, you know, wear that badge and go, hey, this is who I am. Oh, you've got a problem? You should try the paleo diet. Oh, you've got a problem too? You should try the paleo diet. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's that's basically where I was sort of setting the scene, okay, in terms of, you know, nutrition tribes. Yeah, I think I'm going to kind of come at it from a different angle as well and, and bring it into uh, from a coach's perspective and, and how it can... um. And then, that's really loud. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, bring it in from like so. There's actually a, a. Have you read Expert Secrets? No. It's like a so it's a marketing book, right? And it, and they talk about how um, your ability to give something a name. So the reason that the ketogenic diet kicks off and people kind of start grabbing onto that and marketing it and these kind of things is uh, purely because of the fact that it gives people an out. So, you know, mm. they've tried to diet before, mm-hmm. right? They've tried to follow a strict diet. They've tried to, you know, like even going as far back as like, the, you know, I still have people telling me that they've, you know, I'm not eating as, you know, I'm not eating as much carbs as I used to and, and these kind of things. And yeah. then it's yeah. like, you know, you, you go to a party and because you're the fitness guy, everyone's like, oh, you know, like you shouldn't be eating that. Or, mm-hmm. And it's like that, that same old shit. Um, but the reason that people actually grab onto these uh you know, diets or, or things is because it's a new hope. 
yeah. right? It's a, it's something different to what they've tried before. So, you know, for instance, if I've done a keto diet or, mm. you know, wh- whether it's just someone I tried with a PT and then it's like, you know, they're attaching that, that attempt with a PT and because they've failed so many times before, the fact that they can now grab onto this new hope right like a keto diet yeah. is the fact that that's that's why they grab it and run yeah. right because they don't have to take responsibility for the fact that they couldn't just adhere before right it's like no 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 like it was it was the pt's fault it was the diet's yes. fault right yes. and now it's like okay well the reason that you know that and, and this book kind of talks about how you, it's actually telling you to do this right which i don't necessarily agree with you know i kind of i would still always do it with something that sat with me morally um and it's talking about naming something because it creates a new hope for people. And it's yeah. almost like, you know, you can kind of see how um, as a coach, it, it can be easy to compromise like that where you can, you know, um, if maybe your business isn't going as well or, you yeah. know, um, you know, you, you, you're not getting and you can kind of see it like a keto coach or, or something like mm, that where mm. these, you know, you can really grab diets and then put it out to the world. And, and yeah. I mean, they kind of, we were talking before is like you know your ability to kind of sit in the middle and take everything with a grain of salt and and understand it is is where it can help you adapt i mean there's two things that i would add to that and the first is i'm always on the lookout for an i am statement an identity statement Mm. okay because i think that's you know top down type uh, stuff when it comes to this so if you you know if you're part of a tribe that's you you've found an identity okay so that breeds um you know everything else further down you know your values behaviors your habits everything else that is going to um start that ball rolling okay to get some kind of progression Mm. and the second thing is um uh what all of these diets have in common is rules okay or guidelines which creates certainty Mm. now it can be certainly wrong (laughs) Yeah. Right, but so we've gone back and we've eliminated that uncertainty. So if you're following a paleo diet, you know, hey, I'm not going to have grains or milk, but everything else, that's it. I've got certainty. I've got confidence. I've got confidence. I've got compliance. I've got compliance. What have I got? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I've got progress. So you know, f- for me, that's the, the the two things that I see often in the nutrition tribe uh, sort of scene is that the, the, we get the identity and we get the certainty. Okay, so I'm going to play like a devil's advocate is like, is is it in your opinion, not is it okay, but what if, like, because I heard actually Trav talk about it in one of his mm. podcasts actually and, and he kind of talked about how he will implement keto. <coughs> Sorry, my turn. <laughs> how he will implement keto, um, you know, maybe in the first week or something to, yeah. to gain buy-in mm-hmm. and because it's easy for them to follow, right? And, and one thing you know is that humans are always trying to, or subconscious or unconsciously we're always trying to um well, survival right so yeah. we're always trying to save energy right so by giving someone you know like maybe in the initial phase of telling someone to track their food mm. you know that's if someone and this is where it ties in with exactly what you were saying before with getting into someone's mind or the, the psychology of things and looking at their schedule yeah looking at how much time they have because if you're telling someone who's already working 60 hour weeks mm-hmm. has to you know cook for the kids when they get home like i'm thinking about my mum now and you know yeah. like she was a single mum growing up and i just look at her and if i told her to track her food man there's just no hope in hell oh yeah absolutely it, yeah no continue so and then it's like it's like you know do you ever use well, I'm, you, you probably don't deal with the clientele to do that now but I mean is it something that you would ever I don't know what I, is it like a could you use something like that where it gives them the certainty it gives them these basic 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 rules without giving them say does the name matter is what I'm asking is like does, does the fact that I'm giving them um, paleo Mm. matter or can i say hey i'm giving you these rules does the psychology change in that does that make sense like i think because what i'm saying is like obviously i think from the coach's perspective is it gives them a new hope right yeah yeah. now is it is it do you think the the same result would happen if i gave them a paleo diet Mm. or gave them the actual paleo diet without the name okay so to since we're bringing mums into the equation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put my mum on the paleo diet. 
Cool. Okay. For pretty much, I think the whole reason you're you're asking about, um, which is like you know, could does it have utility? Like, mm. could you use it? Is mm. there a detriment to it? Well, we kind of know the answer, the, the detriment thing. Possibly, there's pros and cons of everything. Yeah. But from my perspective, um, uh, and uh, let me just use an analogy here. Like, so when I first uh, started working um, for Trav, you know, yeah. and it's a result-based uh, group training facility and their marketing is along the lines of transformation. So like, it's, hey, it's a 12-week this or it's a this or that. It took me a while to, like, Trav had to get me to have buy-in on that okay mm, because it went against what i had um been building up for years when i was trying to educate people among, uh, about the long-term solutions involved in weight loss mm. and he pulled me up on it and it was a credit to him because he had to bust through a pretty thick brick wall that i'd put up around that belief mm. um and said how many lives have you changed since you've been here how many general population overweight women and men have you like how, how, how much have you changed because none of them would have come uh, been here if we hadn't put that marketing strategy in place mm. what did you have to do when you got here and they're like well I had to then go and change their mindset and then I had to and he's like yeah and you did it so you know the fact that he used that medium that that marketing strategy to put people in front of us coaches and trainers um, are we going to sit back and you know argue the point till the cows come home or are we going to realize that you know what 12 weeks in we've created a bunch of weapons you know what i mean these people have got skin in the game now they've been open to um uh you know more knowledge education and thinking about the long-term solutions because they had that short-term mm. um uh results that kind of opened them up to you know fulfillment enjoyment like wanting to become better at this whole process mm. so can you give someone a ketogenic you know one week three week blitz and give it some kind of you know name or method that you have um absolutely do you know what i mean like um i think you just have to bear in mind that you've started the ball rolling and that like from a due diligence perspective like you you don't walk away from a rolling ball you, you make sure you it's going to roll where you want it to go uh, that's what I was kind of my next point was going to be and I think it's a it's a credit to to Trav but also it almost stresses the importance of understanding business because I think the the problem is is that you know we can we can really put, get that ball rolling right and mm. and get people in but unfortunately if we don't have an, a knowledge of business guess what I may not retain the client and you know I guess the the other thing is is you know when Trav got you in like you were a high level individual with a, a great amount of knowledge who can actually look after people. Now mm. the problem is is that when we're in this instant gratification you know phase and it's it's like people will do anything to market to people, but the f the problem is is that they probably can't deal with people. Yeah, you right, and they you know they might get them the result, but then it's it's okay. Well, what what do I need to have to make sure that their health isn't getting impeded? And if I can't retain the client, then guess what? And if I can't look after them while I've got them, I'm getting them the result. I might be driving them into the ground. Yeah. And if I'm not retaining them, then I can't bring them back. Yeah. Right? And then that's when we've kind of gone into this phase in the industry where the challenges and everything, we know it works. So people are chucking them out there. But the reality is if you don't have the steel on the walls and you can't, you don't have the knowledge on how to retain a client and, mm -hmm. and kind of manage your business, right? You can use it as a marketing strategy, get the people in, but, God, you want to make sure that you're looking after them, and yeah, and and that's I mean that's one of the things that, you, like you said, it, it's it's something that I struggled to do for so long is to start thinking about the way I would, you know, if I was going to use a challenge. Like I remember I did a Facebook Live once, and I just beaded them up. Like I was just like, no, nah, never, like don't mm -hmm. do challenges, don't do this. And the reality is, is that if you do them right, and and again, like it's it's that whole thing is like that tribe thing is like you know I was kind of anti this anti that like yeah. you should be in it long term and then the reality is is like no you know what guess what if you're running a challenge and you you've got the steel on the walls you, you're getting people great results you're changing their life you're retaining them or at least not sending them off broken and yeah. and kind of doing the right thing by them and and improving their health and you know their their body composition yeah yeah then why do we have this negative stigma towards doing challenges and to doing these things and it's purely yeah. because i i joined a tribe you know i i kind of mm -mm. i was unable to see or you know i kind of because I, I the ego was involved and i joined the tribe and, yeah. and that kind of thing i just neglected it i was like no 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 and and you know now more than ever i, I see that it's like and that's that's kind of why the 
why I think you know you need to have that hybrid mentality where mm. you, you kind of you're still building the steel on the walls, you're still building your craft, you're still putting a lot of effort into that and yeah. integrating it with how you run your business. Because guess what? If you can run a twelve week challenge, get these people amazing results, implement a retention strategy, and understand the the different kind of uh, what different uh, times in that challenge when you need to, you know, um, kind of bring their calories back up to baseline and yeah. make sure that they're kind of, you know, you're not just gun hoeing for results and, mm. and kind of, you know, there's a, there's like a, it's almost like a, it could be like a, I don't know the percent, but it could be like a 20 to 10% rule where, you know, you, you know that there's certain times in that where you can either, yeah, prioritize health or prioritize an extra 10% of results. Yeah. And I think that's where the, 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 I guess the, the issue can be in, in challenges is, you know, oh, mate, I could get them an extra kilo or two here and it looks mm, better on, mm. the, on the transformation or mm-hmm. I could really try to, okay, it, and this is this is more the way my mind thinks. is like, okay, well, when I am focusing on getting or, or bringing, uh, prioritizing the health, what am I going to do in that stage? Yeah. I'm going to have focus on retention, Yeah, right? So maybe towards the end of the challenge, I implement, um, you know, a, a you know, a week at you know back at baseline, or, mm. or whether and and de-stressing and these kind of things, and then during that week, I'm going to focus on retaining them. So it might be week ten of the challenge. Yeah, I've got their you know their calories back up to baseline, making sure they're healthy. Hey, you're in a good mood this week. You're feeling good this week. I've prioritized your health. I'm yeah. Not going to say that to them, but obviously, you know, implement a retention strategy so that I can try to retain them beyond the twelve weeks. Yeah. For, for me, it's always been a case of, you know, and I often say this in initial consult with a client, um, you know, my hope is that beyond working with me, you, I've, you've taken enough away from this to go and do things for yourself and get the same level of progress and, you know, insights into your own body um, without me. And if you mm. want to keep coaching from the accountability and the relationship side of things, mm. if there's more value in that for you, then that's great. My fear would be that, clients leave me not having gained that mm. you know what i mean now you can now you can make an argument for where and this goes back to like you know the easy client who doesn't want to learn anything and just goes give me the plan give me the the training plan give me the nutrition mm. plan uh walks away and gets great results so they've got a formula now now it it doesn't doesn't excite me as much because if that client then goes away and just has the formula that's cool but what happens if you know something yeah. doesn't kind of yeah, work yeah, yeah. in the, the the following times around so if, um for me, it's, you know, my bias always comes towards, well, um, teach them the principles. So you've got the overarching themes of success and how said um, formula fits into, you know, the, the, the principles mm. and then creating an awareness that there's other ways to do it. Now, I don't know if I'm right or wrong in like having that um, desire for every client to walk away kind of understanding that, you know, maybe some people just do need a formula and then go back and do it again. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I, do you know I, what I mean? I mean, I often, you know, I'm very similar in the way I coach. Is like I, I want my, you know, the people that have experience with me to learn as much about life and just some basic principles of, of um, I guess, uh, achievement and, and how they can take that, not just the, the surface level stuff that I'm teaching them about nutrition, training, these kind of things, mm. but the, the deeper meaning and metaphorical meaning behind the, those actual principles is something that I value and I wish for every client. And I mean, as I said, it is a bias, but, yeah. um, and some people don't like it either. Some people don't want to know that stuff, but yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of my goals in, in the way I coach now is I'm not interested in coaching a million people, but I am, mm. I am, you know, loving having some conversations and, and hoping that they walk away with tools that they can use for the rest of their life yeah. in, not just training and fitness, but Mm-mm-mm. you know maybe they can cross over and a dot can connect. You know, like I, I try to, it's it's like throwing mud up against a brick wall sometimes. But you know, I try to teach people about consciousness as itself, and yeah. you know, again, that's a, it's not something that most people will ever look into themselves. Mm. Um, but it's for me, it's it can open their eyes in a lot of situations, not just training and nutrition, but in other yeah. moments as well. And um, yeah, that hasn't been like that always, right? But I think now more than ever, is it's something that I really love doing and I really love mm. to, to focus on. And um, I mean, it, it sounds like it's a little bit similar to yourself and in, in the evolution as a coach is, you know, giving people and, and you know, uh, it, what we said before, you know, 
going in and, and adjusting someone's schedule and these yeah, kind yeah. of things, but even just have building the relationship and, and sometimes that can be the importance. Mm. Um, it comes down to your niche as well. Like we're kind of like, you know, talking a bit of crossover here, but you know, you and I both coach or have d- mentoring discussions with a lot of coaches. Mm. And so some of the things that we've found significant through that process of talking to a lot of coaches is, you know, things like what you're talking about, you know what I mean? So whereas if it's like a general population person, is it okay to put them on like a, a, you know, a paleolithic, you know, talking about the whole tribal thing, Mm. is there a detriment to it? Probably like not really. Um, But when we're coaching coaches, you can be guaranteed that we probably want to really ensure that they understand a lot of the principles and how different methodologies sort of fits into achieving that so that they can then go and decide, well, who's their niche? You know what I mean? How does it apply? Mm. How can they individualize their, you know, processes to get, um, uh, you know, success with each client? Yeah, 100%. So, Awesome, man. So we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, really cool conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we kind of flowed into a few different subjects. Um, where can the guys that are listening find you? Um, and so, you know, Instagram and, and what are some of the things that they can check out um, from yourself in terms of uh, what you're doing in the industry? Yeah, they can just uh, find me on Instagram on, under Benny Lifts or Attain Education. So cool. Attain is the um, uh, like a course sort of around biochemistry and physiology um, that I've developed for trainers, coaches, um, even the public that are just really interested in some of the science behind a lot of the things that they'll learn through podcasts like this, for instance, yeah, yeah. and um, you know various weekend workshops and stuff. Uh, so there will be a website coming soon at the at the moment. There's a very non sexy uh, uh, learning management. System system site that that's on that I won't go giving out over a podcast but um, yeah hopefully a website will be out soon cool check him out guys Uh, thanks for coming on man mate thanks for having me appreciate it